thanks for watching our podcast. Here at Spear Consulting, our services include business strategy and human resources consulting. In HR, we offer executive search, executive coaching, and work psychology consulting. Please visit us at spiritmco.com, where we fulfill our clients' dreams virtuously. Enjoy your show. Welcome back to the Leading Virtuously podcast. Uh, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us today. Chris, it's an honor and a privilege to be with you today. Uh, great. So, uh, yeah, excited to be able to share the work that we've been doing. And this is a new one of having a uh, Spirit Consulting uh, member on the podcast. So, so thank you for, for joining us. Matt, who are you? Um, you know, Matt Tebow. Uh, I've been a lifelong learner uh, and leader who brings together um, both passion for leadership organizations uh, someone that's worked in multiple industries, um, a very devoted husband and, and proud father. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Um, and uh, also for those that don't know him, the, uh, yeah. the, the service line leader for strategy development for Spirit Consulting as well. Very proud of that too, because of the, the quality of the clients we work with. I mean, that are attracted to us and our mission. Yeah, most definitely. It's been a, it's been a great year. Yeah. Um, so Matt, can you tell us how you got to the leadership position that you're in today? Really, it's when you see an opportunity, uh, are you aware? Are you ready to take action with a little bit of risk? And do you trust? So uh, my career, which has been in the education space, uh, both publishing uh, with major uh, multinational corporations, as well as teaching in higher education, uh, really all the way up to CEO of a publishing division uh, for a very large multinational, as well as teaching undergrads uh, fundamentals of strategic planning. Mm. So it's really uh, been a career that has touched many opportunities for me to work with people, develop people, and organizational change. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, so in the strategy world, what, what problem do you frequently solve, Matt? I think one of the biggest things that we have focused on is that in the strategy world, be it a strategic plan development, or a maximization of efficiency, it's how do you get buy-in? Um, so we have developed and been successful with our clients in using a process that creates buy-in to the end product. So that it's not a consultant coming in and doing unto, but it is with them, empowering, engendering them so that the process they make their own so they feel ownership over the end product. Yes, most definitely. And it's, it's been uh, exciting to be able to watch uh, multiple different uh, client organizations that are enjoying that process and, and, and really being able to uh, just kind of like, you know, transform their organizations based off of people leaning into the strategy that is, is kind of like uh, being developed by the organization too. Well, I, I think you hit on it, Chris, uh, and it really is that sense of ownership. Uh, if associates are committed to the mission 
and they take ownership of the process, then they all celebrate in achieving the goals and objectives. It's where people don't feel an ownership to either process or end goals that there's a disconnect within the organization. So one of the things I've most enjoyed about our work at Spirit Consulting is how that process has walked the talk of culture change. Uh, and, you know, specifically, one of the things that we work with uh, up front with the CEOs and the leaders is that we want to create a sense, two, two word phrases, personal responsibility and shared accountability. Personal responsibility, I own what I do. Shared accountability, I own that we're in this together. When you create that culture, then magic can happen. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, so can you give me an example of, of some of the work that you've done that where, whereby leveraging those disciplines has started to really take off for the organization? Uh, specifically with a large nonprofit social service agency in the Midwest, uh, they had experienced through acquisition uh, rapid growth uh, to not only a statewide presence, but then into adjoining states. So one of the issues was culturally, uh, as new organizations are affiliated, how do you bring those people along? Secondly, they also had a traditional strategic plan, uh, which certainly had wonderful metrics, but what it lacked was personal connectivity to the people of the organization. So in meeting with the CEO, uh, she was as interested in creating a culture of engagement and empowerment, again, our words, personal um, responsibility, shared accountability, so she was looking for that, but also to, to create a sense that uh, they could develop their people as leaders. So we really got a lot in addition to a strategic plan, uh, which had all the identifiable metrics, goals, objectives that you would expect. In the 11 month engagement, we also created among this ad hoc group of emerging leaders, a real sense of ownership that it was not the CEO's organization or the board's organization, but it was my organization. Uh, and I will note, Chris, that part of that occurred as you know we went into this current pandemic of COVID-19. So traditional methods of engaging people, um, sharing a process had to be altered, but because of their ownership of the process, they took on the COVID-19 restrictions as an opportunity, not a threat. And by the end of the process, the board voted unanimously in support of the strategic plan with special acknowledgement to the leadership and this group of ad hoc le emerging leaders that are being developed. Absolutely. <clears throat> and yeah, it was, uh, uh, I was going to say like, you know, just to bring up the, the element of like when you're in the middle of, of specifically as you're dealing with strategy and around around the culture of an organization with the many different stakeholders that are involved. 
and then throwing a pandemic in the middle of that, not, uh, not an easy uh, thing to have to deal with. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like he really navigated those waters incredibly well. And, yeah. and we received just nothing but the highest marks from uh, the, the board and CEO uh, on down. So, so congrats and kudos to you on that as well. Um, and that kind of leads us into what we were talking about before, the, before we hopped on into the podcast too, was about what gets you the most excited about the future, man. Uh, it's exactly that. Um, you know, there will be, please God, not another pandemic, but there <laughs> are always challenges to organizations. There are always opportunities and the ability to develop leaders who embrace the challenge by thinking, um, you know, innovatively, it's, you know, it's bringing together people so that they solve their problem because then they'll go do it. It's more than just creating a path. It's more than just making sure you have the right vehicle to navigate the road, but to make sure um, that the, the right people are with you. And that's why I'm so strong and passionate that the future is going to be created by those who engage in the process. Being told what to do no longer works. Being given the resources, the empowerment, and the encouragement by leaders to solve the problem and then go make it happen. Um, that's what I think uh, the post-pandemic is going to be. There is no going back to pre-COVID. Uh, the overused phrase is, what's the new normal? Chris, what I'm passionate about, what I believe Spirit Consulting is passionate about, is that in this new normal, it's going to be how we are with each other. The quality of our interactions, the engagement of our thought, and the commitment of our skills. So my passion for the future is that you know, there is a, a positive side to this pandemic, uh, especially as it's forced people to work remotely. You need to be more intentional about the process because you're working remotely with a new definition, new paradigms to move forward. So I'm just incredibly passionate about what we can do, especially with leaders that want to look ahead and not those who are just looking to solve yesterday's problems with yesterday's process. Um, it's not easy, it's not clear, and that's where the fun is. So this, this podcast is all about leading virtuously, and I think you were really uh, hitting the, uh, the nail on the head about what it's going to look like when, in the way that you lead and guide people in this new norm. Um, and uh, so, so where has, I guess I'm just kind of curious, Matt, um, just thinking about your own career, where has like virtue and business been uh, highlighted for you? Why, why have you had the revelation and the insights to, to lead and champion that way for, for other clients? Mostly by making mistakes. <laughs> And I mean that. Um, I think we learn much more from our mistakes if we're willing to. Um, I, I worked early in my career for some mentors, bosses, high demand 
Um, but they allowed me to make and they processed with me the learning of, of mistakes. So what that engendered, Chris, and what I think is, is the key moving forward for leaders considering this is a, a very simple but often overlooked five-letter word called trust. Do you trust your people? Do your people trust you? When you talk about virtuous leadership, that, that's the barometer that dictates everything the level, degree, and intensity of trust, both vertically and horizontally. Because in the example that we were just talking about, you know, for the C-suite to call together a group of mid-level managers with this task of creating a strategic plan for their growing nonprofit, that was a real statement of trust. And then for the people on the planning committee who hadn't known each other or worked together to develop that horizontal trust, uh, that's, that's, the, that's the magic sauce. That's where things come together. So looking forward, um, and if you think about virtue, what is more fundamental than tell me what the level of trust is and I'll tell you how virtuous the organization acts. Yeah, no, I, I no, I love that uh, because you know, at the end of the day, yes, that as we know in operations, you can only go as far as is the the level of relationships and the trust that you build within within the organization. And uh, yeah, I would agree that that. Uh, that it's it's a good uh, synonym for for virtue uh, being trust that uh, that's you know it's if you really are committed to loving people and and doing always choosing the strategy that's a win win for people uh, and and not choosing money over relationships then then that uh, requires you to be able to build trust within those relationships as well. So I think that that definitely holds true for sure. Um, and the wonderful opportunity real quickly is to be creative about building trust when you're working remotely. It's just a fascinating thing that we're going to come out to that, that those leaders can work with us to develop strategies so that that horizontal and vertical trust can be celebrated in and empowering in a remote environment. Yeah, because I think like now is the time. It's it's the time is gone where you know being able to do your 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 lunches and your your pizza parties, etc. To to be able to celebrate the small things of like birthdays and stuff like that. That's mm -hmm. out the window. So right. so so it's, it's how do you in this new environment? How do you be able to have those non-work functions that are geared towards the relationship um, that that were easy for us to be able to do in the past to operationalize and to just automate mm -hmm. by you know having having those reminders to do birthday parties and, and, uh, you know, entry and exits celebrations, et cetera, that are team win, like team building kind of things that, that you can't do in this remote environment too. And, and again, back to the example that we're citing where we had to move to, you know, committee meetings that were 12 boxes on a screen 
as opposed to being in a room where you had coffee, you had refreshments. So it's a whole different environment. Uh, and what I'm passionate about, it's just a wonderful opportunity. So excellent. Uh, so the, the uh, final, I got two more questions for you, Matt. Uh, so the second to last is, like we talk about building trust and, and virtue in business. But, and as you mentioned that like, you know, really for you, it was a matter of failing to be able to get there. Are, are there some of those, uh, is there a specific example that comes to mind of where you've, you've had that failure in your career that was kind of an aha moment of like, okay, I really need to, and as you started the process with your mentor, like, okay, I probably need to be doing things differently yeah. moving forward. Uh, early on in my career, I was involved in mergers and acquisitions in uh, the publishing world, specifically the education uh, submarket. And I remember flying out to an acquisition and the CFO saying, what do you think we're doing? And I said, well, we're going to do due diligence. We're going to understand. We're going to talk with people. He said, no, it's done diligence. He said, the CEOs have already agreed. We're going to go out and prove that they're smart. <laughs> so what that did, Chris, it opened up for me a relationship uh, because I became uh, president of that new division uh, was that with my boss, I could say, you know, when we conducted our due diligence, we saw these things and this is, this is the headwind. I think there's a couple ways we can address it. Can you talk, let's talk through those. Um, so that leader as mentor, leader that I could trust being vulnerable with, saying I'm not the guy who has the answer, I'm a guy who I identified the opportunity. Um, when we made the right choices, we celebrated. When we didn't, we said, let's learn. Um, I also had the experience of, of working for someone who had no interest, just said, tell me the result and then go do it. So it was a very autocratic versus shared, a uh, very much of just hit the, hit the deliverables, don't bore me with the process. That experience led me to be so passionate that process can be as important as product. People development and how you do it virtuously by developing horizontal and vertical trust is what's going to separate true leaders in the new normal. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you for sharing, uh, yeah. Matt. I think there's a ton to impact of what you just shared uh, with our audience. How can uh, people get a hold of you, Matt, and the work that you're doing at Spirit Consulting? Uh, certainly through uh, spiritconsulting.com uh, and through my web page there, um, Matthew Tebow at spiritconsulting.com. Excellent. Uh, absolutely. Well, uh, Matt, thank you so much for, uh, for uh, being on the podcast today. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, just a real joy to, to have been uh, working with you over these last couple of years yeah. and excited about uh, being able to help organizations work through this new normal as well. Great. Thank you, Chris, for the opportunity that we've had and to all the opportunities in the future.
let's mm -hmm. always be blessed. Oh, for sure. Thank you, Matt. Take care. Yeah. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed the episode where we discussed all things going bald. <laughs> Just joking. The Leading Virtuously podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and the podcast, will you please subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Or you could also share it with a friend. That would be tubular. I hope you have an awesome day.